Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Open Lotus Podcast. This is your host, Love Laval, and I'm excited for you guys to be here with me today. On today's episode, I'm just going to be digging a little bit deep about my mental health, my background, and my stories that I have to share with you guys. Being that October is Mental Health Awareness Month, I obviously had to do an episode where we focus on mental health and all that it means to me personally. Also, my university, A&T, is observing today, this Wednesday, as Mental Health Day, where they gave students and faculty off, no classes or anything like that. They just had a day where we were observing mental health. So I feel like that's really dope. And of course, I wanted to put this episode out today because I just felt like it was, it's always needed, but I just felt like it was the appropriate thing to do because of the day. So here we are. And so get your tissues, get your popcorn, get your chair. It may be that type of episode, y'all. I don't know. I'm just, I have, these are stories that I've never shared with anyone. So it may bring up some stuff for me. It may not, but just in case, full warning, I might get a little emotional, y'all. So let's get into it. I'm just going to start with anything that I say. Like, I don't want to, it can be triggering because we're going to be talking about heavy things and it can be heavy to some and not heavy to others. But like, I just want to disclose and put that warning out there. Like, this can trigger you if you have, if you're still suffering with whatever it may be. And I don't want to use this word until I start telling my story. So um, if you're familiar with trigger words, then you know what I mean. But I just want to put that dis- um, disclaimer out there to let you guys know I will be using triggering words in this episode. So moving forward, um, so my mental health, I feel like. I'm 25, so I have experienced up close and personal knowing what mental health is. I feel like I know it more than I have with my experience, obviously, as a child, as an adolescent. So I want to start with maybe middle school, right? And in middle school, this is sixth grade, and I'm just remembering, I'm I'm trying to remember as far back as I could to where the bullying started for me. So I feel like with bullying that has impacted my mental health as an adult. And I didn't realize what it was doing to me as a child. So, I mean, not as a child, but like as growing up, even throughout my teenage years, still not really understanding what the long-term impact of bullying has caused for me in my life. So I remember in sixth grade when I was being bullied by people that I knew, people that I knew very well, Um, we were in elementary school together and we moved up to middle school together. So there was, um, very specific memory. I know that it was other events that occurred all throughout middle school, but this one that stands out to me to this day, this boy that I know, I knew very well, and I still kind of know him. Um, he said to me, why don't you just go kill yourself? And that was like, I think I was, I was leaving school. I was walking down the stairs and I guess it was just like, I can't remember exactly what happened or what led up to that comment, but I know that he came up, he came behind me while I was walking down the stairs. He came behind me like, you need to go kill yourself. Like, why don't you just go, go kill yourself? And so when he said that, I'm like, what? Like, what are you even talking about right now? Like what, what just happened? I don't know what the hell just happened. 
So um, he says that to me and I was like, okay, like, I guess. And I just kept walking. Like, I just went on about my day, went home. I remember um, being bullied for just like stupid stuff. Like, oh, what shoes are those? Mind you, I always looked good. Like, my parents kept me looking really up to date. So it was just weird. Like, y'all remember Pastry by um, Angela and Vanessa? I believe her name is the Run DMC Daughters. I would wear pastry. I was wearing coach. I was wearing all this stuff. So I was a little bit confused at the time, but I would get picked on for stuff I would wear. Um, I would get picked on for my body, like my size. And it's so crazy because I know somebody could relate to me. Like you'd be looking at yourself now and you're looking at the pictures back, back then. Like why was I so like uptight about my body? Like, why did I care? Like my, I was mad small. Like I'm in middle school. <laughs> So, like, of course, compared to other people, like, I always had meat on my body. Like, I've never been skin and bones. It just never gave that. But I'm just thinking back, like, damn, like, sixth grade, how old was I? You know what I mean? I have a memory from when I was in third grade. And I wasn't bullied in third grade. Like, I, my bullying really didn't start until I got to middle school. So, in third grade, I remember we were getting ready for career day or something like that. And I dressed up as a lawyer because I've always wanted to be a lawyer. So I dressed up as a lawyer. I had my little sweater vest. I had my little, um, I think I was wearing a tan, like khaki skirt with my briefcase and my white um, stockings and my black shoes. Like it was given very much lawyer. Okay. And so the night before the event, I specifically remember my mom I was crying. I was telling her, like, I don't like the way I look. This is third grade, y'all. Like, third grade, okay? How old are you in third grade? Like, come on. So I'm in third grade, like, talking about myself, like, my body, whatever. And just being insecure, obviously not knowing what that is, but that's what I was at the time, just being insecure in third grade. And so um, my mom was like, what are you talking about? Like, you were so excited, and now all of a sudden, mind you, nothing happened. Like, that was just me personally as a third grader. Like, I don't know why, but... That's just what happened, right? So anyways, that was that. And so getting to middle school now, now I'm being bullied. People telling me to kill myself and all types of other crazy stuff. And I feel like that has impacted me throughout my life. But I didn't take note. I didn't pay attention of it until I want to say five years ago, I noticed. And so now just like being an adult and <clears throat> understanding what mental health is, I, after dealing with that in middle school, I get to high school and I'm still being bullied. So, and it was never like, I was always with the group that was considered the popular people. Like, oh, we were the popular, the most popular girls in my grade or the most popular guys in my grade. Like we all hang around each other. We run in the same circle, but I'm the one that's bullied because I'm the one that's more, I'm bigger than the other girls. Right. So not realizing, like I've been looking at my high school pictures, like, wow. Like I was really letting people talk about me. I was letting people talk about my body and I looked like this. Like, can I go back to that body now? Like, that's really how I feel all the time. Looking at my high school pictures, it's so crazy. But leaving high school, I feel like in high school, I started to notice, get into more of what depression was, right? And so at the time, I was on Vine. I was a heavy Vine user slash watcher. I consumed it like it was air. And that's what Gen Z does now, but with like TikTok and Instagram, right? So... I remember, I don't know if anybody knows who this is, but I'm going to drop her name. I remember I was following Wolf Tyler. Wolf Tyler had something called the Wolf Movement. 
And the wolf movement, what the wolf movement was, was a bunch of us, because I was deeply a part of it. Now being in and being an adult, looking back on it, I truly consider it a cult. I really, really do. So the wolf movement, just the backstory of that is Tyler, um, she was depressed. She was openly, she was openly depressed. She openly self-harmed. This is all public knowledge. So it's not like I'm spilling her tea or whatever. Like this is all public knowledge. Wolf Tyler, she was went through self-harm and all that, right? This is what she claimed that was going on. And so I became involved heavily with the wolf movement to the point where me and Tyler were on first name basis. She knew who I was. I was like head over heels for this girl. Like she was everything to me. I started, I don't know why, like, that's why I'm saying it's a cult. We had, she had a cult following. Like it was a bunch of us where we felt like we were depressed. It was people that was dealing with depression, dealing with being suicidal, people who have committed suicide, people who have self-harm, people who, like, I remember, I do recall specifically there was a time when someone in the wolf movement uh, committed suicide. And it was just a bunch of, we were just a group. And I we made a whole group of, like, I want to say it was maybe 20 to 30 of us in a group chat on an iPhone, like, wolf movement. We came behind Tyler with guns smoking, guns blazing. Like, who said, what about Tyler going to bat for her on Twitter and Tumblr? Tumblr was another one that was really heavy at the time. And so I was like one of those number one Tyler fans. Like, oh, y'all know Wolf Key. Every, my handle was Wolf Key on Twitter. My handle was Wolf Key on Instagram. My handle was Wolf Key on Tumblr. Like, y'all knew who it was. Y'all knew Y'all know Wolf Key. You know what I mean? So, um, I would like send Tyler stuff cause she had a PO box. So I would send her stuff. Like we would talk, we would DM. I still have D- our DMs. Like I screenshot everything, but like we would talk all the time. Like she would give me crazy advice. I would be like talking to her about stuff. She would talk to me about stuff. Like we were like that. You know what I mean? And so thinking like now as an adult, looking back at that time, it's like, wow, we were really in a cult. Like we were in a cult. It was it was so dark. It was a very dark time because I'm fi- I'm having these feelings of which depression, not knowing what it is, right? So now I come across somebody on social media. She's really pretty. She's funny as hell. Like she can re- she can relate to me with this type of feeling that I'm feeling that I think I know, but I don't really know. But now I'm getting more insight on it because I'm following her and looking at who's who's following her starting to connect with these people and listen to what they're saying about themselves and their stories. And I'm just like, okay, like, I feel like I'm home. Like these people understand me. Like I want to, I want to talk to them all the time. And I've, I've gained friends from that. I still talk to people till this day. That was a part of the Wolf movement who no longer are. And we started to see years down the line, we started to see who Tyler was as a person. And I'm not going to get too much into that because it's really a thing of, if you know, you know, and I'm not going to get too much deep into that because I really don't want to make this about her. But the Wolf Movement was a huge part of my life at the time. So Wolf Movement. I had the Wolf Movement. I discovered the Wolf Movement in high school as I was starting to feel like I was depressed. Then I get into, as I'm in the Wolf Movement, I'm learning about self-harm. I'm like, well, what's self-harm? It's, oh, you're cutting. Like, people got cuts on their arms. Like, that's why people are wearing bracelets. You know, people have bracelets up to they, they, their elbow halfway. And I'm just like, oh, like they're trying to cover their scars, but why are they doing that? 
And so at the time, I just thought it was something where I kept hearing like, oh, people just do it to feel something. They want to feel something besides anything that they're feeling within their heads, right? And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's different. Like never done that before. I don't know what that is. Um, And so now fast forward from learning about self-harm and all the forms of it, I then graduate high school and lose friendships that I really had a close connection to. I lost friendships and I ended up going into directly from my graduation. I graduated in June and I started like this six week summer program or something like that at a university in PA. Um, It was called Shippensburg. Shippensburg University. So it was to the point where I almost got her signature tatted on me. Like that's how heavily involved, just to give y'all like an idea. That's how heavily involved I was because people got it. Like she has a signature. She still uses it till this day. She has a signature and people have that tatted on them. And so I get to Shippensburg and I'm already feeling like I'm already feeling a certain way about myself. I'm already claiming my depression. I'm already just claiming everything sad, sadness. I'm claiming suicidal thoughts. That's me. I'm claiming it. So when I get to Shippensburg, um, the way it was for the summer session, we were like in groups kind of, but you know, you can do your own thing. It's a college campus. You can do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, the program was set section off into certain groups, right? So you would go to the same classes with these same people on these same days. So being in Shippensburg, it got to a point for me where my mom was moving to Florida. She had um, started working in Florida. So my family was moving and I was in PA. So now the summer comes and I'm on campus and, you know, I met, I had a really great advisor. Her name was um, Capri. She was amazing. She was a black woman. And I'm only saying that because Shippensburg is predominantly white. So she was a black woman. Her name was Capri. She was really dope. And um, I remember this one time where this is not for me. And so I guess I, when I was texting my mom, I guess my messages were a little bit alarming to her. So she contacted someone and they came knocking at my door. Her name was Katie. She was the sweetest person ever. She was a white girl. Her name was Katie. She was so sweet. I really wonder where she is today. But she came knocking on my door and she was looking for like, are you okay? Like, what's going on. And she just ran in and she's just looking at me and she just gave me the biggest hug ever. Oh my gosh. Like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it because she, I love that lady. I loved her so much. And this is the day that I decided I wanted to leave. I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to go to Florida. I left. And that's where I, my first time withdrawing from college started because I have a history of withdrawing myself from school when it becomes too much. And that's just me being the, that's just the God honest truth. I, when it's something's becoming too much for me, I just step away from it, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so, um, I leave Shippensburg and I'm still closely connected with the wolf movement. After I leave, I move to Florida. So I moved to Florida and I was still feeling this way that I was feeling very sad, very depressed, but I didn't, it, I felt better being back with my family. However, now I'm in Florida, don't know a soul out here, not in school, not working, just being by myself with my thoughts, with my vine, 
with Tyla, watching whatever she doing, talking to my group chat, everybody, you know, it's just real sad and dark still for me. And so now I have, I had a best friend, his name was Gabe and me and him were thick as thieves. Me and him never met in person until a few months after us actually being friends or whatever, but we didn't meet in person at the time of me moving to Florida. He was my best friend. We spoke every hour of the day, texting, laughing at it, just anything. Like, that was my ace, for real. So living in Florida now, still sad. And I'm just like, okay, what's next? What am I going to do next? And so I ended up getting a job. I was working at the University of, um, I was about to say University of Houston. <laughs> University of Miami. I was working in a clinic. I was um, concierge patient access rep. And I don't know if many people know this. I'm sure you do if you've traveled to Florida. But Florida is basically like a little Cuba. Like, that's what they call it. Like, it's a lot of Hispanics. Um, It's very, it's just very Hispanic all around. And so being, working there on on the University of Miami campus, um. I was being bullied. I was being targeted because I was a black girl. I didn't speak Spanish. So I understood it, but I didn't speak it. And so I would hear like even the super, not the supervisor herself, but like, I want to say the V, uh, I don't, she wasn't a VP. I don't know what she was, but there was a group of girls and they were like the mean girls, but they were all older than me. Cause mind you, I'm a high school student. I just graduated high school. I'm like 17 or 18 at this time. And these are grown women with children and husbands and very nasty, just bullying me, being racist and all that. And of course, I handled that on the HR level. But that was another thing that was really affecting me. I was like, ew, like, I'm not in school. I finally got a job. And now I got to deal with this. Like, I don't like that. And so I ended up not going there anymore. I, I left that job because I was returning to school. And I have found a school in um, Houston because we ended up moving moving to Houston after living in Florida. I remember just after leaving that job, it was real rock bottom for me. Like now I'm getting into self-harm. Now I'm burning myself because I wasn't a huge cutter. I didn't cut. And when I did, I cut my legs and it was never deep. It was like, because they say people cut to bleed out, that people cut to to die. They cut to cut off their blood flow and all of that stuff. That's not what I was doing. There was also a lot of suicidal thoughts. I would hop in my car and run red lights. I would pray to get into a car accident. This is a really heavy episode for me, y'all. Like, this is really heavy. Um. God is amazing because you guys ever have like memories that you didn't know you still had or like, and then when you start speaking about it, it's like all being unlocked and those emotions come up. I wasn't expecting this. I thought I would be able to talk about this without having the emotion attached to it still, but it's okay. We're going to, we're going to go through it. We're going to keep flowing. I just, I haven't spoken about this at all. I've never spoken about this. Oh. 
okay. As I was saying, um, I would seek death. I would, I couldn't bring myself to do it by myself, but I would seek it. And so I vividly remember one night where I got into an argument with my parents and I was just so angry at them because I'm like, why don't y'all see what I'm dealing with? Why don't y'all see what I'm going through? Why is nobody helping me? Did one of my parents to be more attentive to me? And my younger brother, like, he was a baby, basically. He was still, like, sleeping in the crib and all that stuff. Like, he was a baby. And so I guess me being a high schooler, a high school graduate with no friends, just basically feeling isolated, feeling alone. And that's another reason why I held on so tight to that wolf movement because this is a lot. It's so many memories buried. So within these stories, I'm just remembering other things. And it's just like all hitting me. So like, I need y'all to bear with me. I promise we're going to get through it. Just bear with me, y'all. So I was feeling alone. Um, I guess I was, I can see now as an adult and thinking back, like I definitely wasn't getting the attention that I felt like I needed. And so I remember one night I just spazzed out. I was like, y'all don't see what I'm going through. Y'all don't see what I'm dealing with. And I left the house the disagreement we got into that I got into with my parents was so bad. Like I literally blacked out. That's why I'm having a hard time recalling these memories. But I know that I don't know where I was. I was at the top of a building and I wasn't like completely on the roof, but I was high. I was off the ground and I'm just looking over and leaning over the fence. Like it would just be so easy for me to jump over this thing, jump over, just jump, like just jump. And then in my head, I'm like, yeah, but what if I, this is the overthinker in me, right? So even the moment that I'm trying to commit suicide, I'm still overthinking like, yeah, but then what if I just break a bone and I don't die? Then what? Like, this is me. Like, literally, I know for sure, like, I was definitely thinking that. And I was just like, nah. So I hopped in my car and I was driving and I just drove I just drove. I didn't have no destination. I just drove and I was just running lights and I was just like hoping somebody crashed into me really hard or just hoping I got into a car accident of some sort. And it never happened. Obviously, thank God I'm still here today, right? That was a very heavy moment for me. And so after that, a few months later, um, my mom finally decided like, "You you need to see someone. So I saw a psychiatrist in Florida and I got medically diagnosed with depression, clinical depression. And so I remember she prescribed um, Wellbutrin, I believe that was the name of my medication. And I was taking it for a while, but I noticed that not a while, because I don't even want to say I took it for three months, honestly. But I do, I remember that I didn't like the way it made me feel. Um, It was very superficial. It, It just, it didn't feel like myself. Like I, I didn't I didn't like it and so I just stopped taking it altogether. That was my first time I got diagnosed and that it got real for me. Like I was like, wow, like something's really wrong with me. Like that's literally what I thought, right? So after that, um I was just still heavily involved with the Wolf movement. Like those are my role dogs. Um got really close with a lot of them, like I stated before. And so, you know, didn't take the medicine. So just living in Florida 
chilling, basically watching after my siblings. I was like the designated babysitter. Florida is where a lot of my dark moments took place, definitely. And I feel like that's another reason why I don't really like going to Florida now that I'm thinking about it. It's not somewhere where I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go to Florida. Like, no, no, thank you. I don't want to go there. But um, fast forward, my mom ends up getting a job in Houston. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's go. Like, I'm just following my parents everywhere at this time. and following my, I'm going with my family. I'm going with the flow. So I moved to Houston now. I end up getting a job in Houston at Walgreens. I met my four lifer. Shout out to Lamar. And I love him. And so I just started working after meeting Lamar at Walgreens. I was working there. I think I worked there a total of almost three years. Not the same exact store because I ended up moving to a different part of Houston. But I was definitely um, working with Walgreens for like three years, I think. That took my mind off of everything that I was feeling from Florida. That took my mind off it a lot. I would still have my best friend, Gabe, and Gabe ended up moving to, because he's from Mem- he was from Memphis, he ended up moving to Dallas, Fort Worth, and I ended up moving to Houston. And so after us being friends for all this time, we finally linked up. I drove out to see him, and I met his family, and we were really good friends. I had him out there with me, so I wasn't feeling like too bad. I wasn't in a dark place anymore, but I knew that it was still there. But there was, there was still, you know, everything wasn't sunshine and rainbows. Like, I still had my depressive episodes, I guess you can say, or I don't really like to use depressive episodes. I still had my moments of where you could see that I was obviously depressed. Like, my room would be a mess. I would be just having attitude and just not talking or wanting to say anything to anyone. And so with that, I had a great time. I ended up enrolling at Texas Southern University, but I did withdraw myself after a traumatic event that I am not yet ready to speak on. I went through a very traumatic event and I decided to withdraw myself from that school. And I would just, you know, continue working at Walgreens and things of that sort. I was in a relationship. The relationship was not the best. And there was a lot of different types of abuse, not so much physical, but there were different forms of abuse happening. And so that's a whole nother thing. That situation plays into my current mental state and where I am at now. And I also do have clinical anxiety. I am diagnosed with anxiety with an anxiety disorder. And I actually was medicated for it. Back in March of this year, I was medicated for it. After finally leaving that relationship, my anxiety was just through the roof. Like, I've always had anxiety as a child. And my mom has always told me that. But I wanted to know for sure what I was dealing with. And I feel like with mental health, it's always a thing of we be so afraid to know. Or we we don't want to put, like, especially in the Black community, you can't, oh no, God gonna fix it. God God got it. I agree. I 100% agree. God does have it. And also from last week, somehow a clip got misplaced. But I did want to specify that I am faith-based. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I do believe in religion. And so I want that to be made clear and well-known before my podcast becomes, you know, running too deep. I just want to put that out there that I am faith-based. And so I respect everyone's opinions and differences and in whatever you believe in, I respect it. I have 
no problem with that at all. But I just want to put that out there. We can have discussions. We can keep it cool and all that stuff as long as we respect each other and each other's differences. That is perfectly fine by me. And so in the black community, it's always a thing of, oh, just pray about it. Just pray about it. He'll work it out. He will. But also mental health is a real thing. It is not... It's not superficial. It's not fake. Mental health is real. The same way your well-being for your body, the well-being for whatever diseases and all this stuff, you have to go to the doctor to get a, a checkup. I feel like you need mental checkups. We need mental checkups. We need to, we always in our mind. Nobody out here is 100% telling somebody everything that's on their mind, everything that they have gone through we're not doing it. And I feel like it is so it is so important, y'all. It is so imperative. I encourage everyone to seek counseling of some sort. Misconstrued. You don't have to have uh, something going on with you. You don't have to be diagnosed with something in order for you to go to therapy. That's not how that works. You go to therapy to let off whatever it is from your day. You can go and talk about your boss if you want and how he pissed you off throughout your shift. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, it's not always a thing of let's dig deep. It is a thing of where it challenges you to question yourself of why you react to certain things a certain way, what may trigger you to react in a certain manner. But I feel like the same way we go to exercise our bodies is the same way we need to exercise our brain and to unpack. Because as you see, here I am sitting here sharing with you guys my stories and what I've been through. And I'm getting caught up and starting to catch a little emotion behind it because I didn't even realize that I still remembered certain things or I never unpacked it or I never spoke about it out loud. That's what therapy is there for. Like, I wanted, I want us as we have to do better. We have to do better for ourselves and we have to do better for each other and the people around us because it is important to put our mental health first. For me personally, I didn't start really going to therapy until this year, until leaving the relationship that I was in and seeking help to understand why the relationship went this way. What was I doing? What was he doing? What were we doing? Like I just was seeking answers for, to have a better understanding of my part. And so with that, I'm in therapy two times a week and I'm just be honest, I need it. I need therapy two times a week. I have a lot going on. I'm a single mom. I'm in school. I have my personal things that I'm trying to get through and work on. And so I always have to talk to somebody. <laughs> I always need somebody to talk to because my week could go from zero to a thousand in two seconds. So besides therapy, I feel like prayer is important. However you may pray. Your, your meditation, your time to yourself, just breathing and, and just trying to clear your head. That's important to do just to stop and acknowledge your thoughts and what's coming to your mind. Music. Music is so important to me. Music plays a huge role in my life. When I was living in, living in Florida, I was listening to Kehlani heavily. I was listening to The Weeknd heavily, Party Next Door. I was listening to Pink Print Dropped. And I listened to that album on repeat, but I don't know how long, but you know, Nicki Minaj and other artists. And so music definitely kept me going during that time period. And now it's still the same artists, Kaylani, Nicki, Drake, heavy. Like don't, I don't play about Drake. Don't, this is a Drake stand account. Okay. This is a Drake stand podcast. 
don't I don't know Drake Slid that will be tolerated. Drake is my number one favorite artist. And Cardi and all these people, but D and D and Drake and Kaylani and Summer Walker, those are my go-tos. I listen to music to just uplift my spirit. Music is so transformative. Music is so timeless. It will transform my mood within one song. And I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I needed. And I'm back. And then of course I listen to my gospel music. I have a whole gospel playlist for different moods and different times that I need certain songs. And music, so music is another thing that keeps me going. Prayer, pride, and freaking joy. My son, looking at my son's face, seeing him happy, seeing him smile, spending time with him, hugging him, laying with him. That is my baby. And so being with my son just brings me so much joy. And that's, listen, that's another reason why I'm in therapy, y'all, because I'm out here trying to finish these last few semesters of school and my son is not with me right now. He's actually back up in New York, between New York and PA with his dad and his grandparents. And so today I'm traveling to see my son and I'm just so excited. It's going to give me that extra push of what I need. I'll be missing my baby and that's why I be in therapy a lot sometimes too, y'all, because this is not easy for me. <laughs> like this is my child. You know what I mean? Like we've been, that's all I know. Like that's my baby. Two years strong. You know what I mean? We in this for life first. <laughs> but um, what else helps me with my mental health? My son, God, music, my therapy, cooking for people. I love to feed people, y'all. Like I just had, I just celebrated my friend's birthday on Monday and I cooked and everybody loved my mac and cheese. Like the pan was gone. It was done. Nothing was left. And it made me so happy. Like, that just makes my heart smile so much. Like, I just love to cater to people. And that can that's also my downfall. But I love to, you know, that brings me joy. Um, helping and serving my community in whatever way possible, that brings me joy. Just I'm just a giver. I'm naturally a giver. I want to help, like. I've always been that way. My mom will tell you I'm that one. Like, you need help. I remember we lived in, being in Brooklyn, and my, whenever my mom would go grocery shopping, we lived on the third floor, and so I would go all the way downstairs, and I'm carrying the bags. She didn't even ask me to carry the bags. I'm carrying the bags. I'm go. I'm carrying my neighbor bags. What you need? Like, I'm always ready to help somebody. And so that's another thing that keeps me going and makes me happy. But overall, I wasn't expecting to share this much, get this deep with you guys, and took me for a loop, honestly. I'm happy to have shared some of my story with you and what I've dealt with as far as self-harm and being suicidal. It's not easy. Life is not easy. Like, it really isn't easy. And at the time, God was with me and that's why I said God is so amazing because I could have easily gotten to accidents like I'm running red lights in Florida y'all know Florida Florida what are y'all called Floridians y'all know Floridians can't drive okay and so like I was just in a really dark space and I also believe that although I did I was dealing with my own stuff by myself the wolf movement also played a part because of how much I consumed of other people's stories and what they were dealing with and just explicitly share like 
there was this one girl in there where she cut herself so bad and the picture was horrifying of the amount of blood. And I'm just like, it was just, it was just a lot. And so just consuming these images, consuming the stories, consuming everybody's sadness. And that's what I'm afraid of for Gen Z because of how much they consume of Instagram and of TikTok and social media in general, because it impacts you. And I only know that because I'm speaking from experience. The wolf movement impacted my life and how I maneuvered within my own depression. It had a, a its foot on my neck. You understand? Like it just intensified it. And so I feel like we just just look out for the young ones and the people around you because social media is is very mind controlling. Social media got mind control over Devo, okay? That's what it has. And I just it's important to see watch what we're consuming and how much we're consuming. Step away, go for a walk. I enjoy nature. That's another thing I do to just keep my mental health stable and I just go for walks. I love to stop and look at trees, look at flowers. Like I'll, sometimes I'd be like, I hope these people don't think I'm weird. Like just looking at somebody's lawn, I'll just be standing there taking pictures of pictures of their flowers. Like, I'm sorry, but this is just pleasing my, this is pleasing my mental right now. Y'all I got to take a picture of this flower. I'm sorry. But that's another thing I do to just ease myself. And I encourage you guys to figure out what it is that eases you and puts you in a space of being okay and feeling calm, cool, and collected. And as I stated before, I do have medication for my anxiety. And I've been on the fence about starting it again because I was taking it consistently throughout the summer. But then I stopped because I started to, I don't like to notice the difference. And I, like I said, when I was in Florida and I had that Wellbutrin, I didn't take it for long because of the feeling of noticing that it was superficial. And so now, like, as an adult, it's still the same thing. But I noticed that it has a positive effect on me. But I suffer with the thought of me not being able to get to that place on my own. And honestly, medication, I feel like it's it's an individual need. You know what I mean? Like, it's on an as-need basis for the individual. Medication, I am pro-mental health medication. I'm pro-antidepressant. I'm pro all of that, but I challenge you to find what brings you the same mental stability as your medication gives you. And that's where I'm at. So like, I also have been working out a lot and I, sometimes I don't like, I'll take a week off, but then I'm right back. Like if I fall off of my workouts, it's no more than a week because I like how I feel when I'm working out. I have control over my workouts. I can, I'm very, I can be a controlling person and I can't control everything in my life. But one thing I can't control is my workouts, how long I go for, how many reps I do, wh- how I feel. Like I control all of that. And it makes me feel good to know that I have complete creative control over my workouts. And so before, when I would work out, I would be doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm like, oh, I'm working out to look this way. I'm working out to do this and that. No. I'm working out because one, A, I like the way this makes me feel. Two, I want to have a healthy, long-lasting life to watch my son grow. You guys, I I thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. There's more where this came from. There's more that I can't wait to share with you guys. 
in regards to my mental health personally and other things. But I just wanted to put this out there to share my story and let you guys know what I've been through and to be a voice for someone who has maybe went through the same thing or is currently going through the same things. Feel free to reach out to me, talk to me, let me know your thoughts behind this episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Open Lotus Pod and at Love Laval. Have a safe morning, noon, or night, wherever you may be. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Peace.